you can totally do this. You have to pause and ask yourself, what is the story I'm telling myself here? And more importantly, is that story true? We don't want the thing. We think we want the thing, but what we really want is the feeling we think the thing is gonna give us. It is that simple. It is that complicated. It is so much easier than you think it's gonna be. Clarity in what you want, confidence in who you are, and the courage to stay true to both. This is To Call Myself Beloved, the podcast with Lise Wilcox. I'm so happy you're here. (laughs) Okay. Today on the show, we are talking about balance. Now, balance at the best of times is elusive. And, you know, balance is a moving target. But especially dramatically within the last couple weeks, our entire concept of balance has kind of been blown up. I remember when I first <laughs> moved out of, uh, moved away from home and went away to university and moved into residence. Um, I remember what a free for all the cafeteria was. Suddenly, hundreds of kids who'd been told what to eat and exactly how much to eat um, for you know the last te- the last eighteen years of their lives were in free fall. They were just left to totally navigate the wild territory of choice and free will. And I will never forget the image of this one, this one group of guys, you know, you know, the guys, they're 18, 19 years old. They've totally been told what to do for their whole life. And here they are. They're in total free fall, as I say. And I remember walking them walking past me with like trays full of burgers and fries and chocolate milk with like great enthusiasm. After a few weeks, the enthusiasm had kind of (laughs) left, but the burgers, fries, and chocolate milk still remained. A few weeks later, even after that, I noticed that they had branched out their diet to include much more of a variety and a balance of, uh, cough, more nutritional choices. Balance is a moving target. And as I say, balance is a moving target at the best of times. In the last two weeks, as our lives have become one giant snow globe that just got shaken up, we are all in a state of recalibrating. We're all figuring out how to do this, and we're all figuring out what comes next. Earlier this year, in one of my group coaching courses that I ran, we talked about balance a lot, and specifically the concept that increasingly We are moving towards a work-life blend, not so much a balance, but a blend. How do we create that or how do we work towards creating that and embracing a work-life blend, not necessarily a balance? How do we start to shift our brains into thinking this is all blending together? It's not one finite balance of, you know, you've got something over here at one end and something over here at the other end that have to even each other out. How do we blend it together in a way that feels really good to us, that works for us? The reality is that as our workforce changes, our personal lives are changing too. And vice versa, as our personal lives are changing, our workforce is changing as well. Because we have such powerful tech that allows us to work from home or really from anywhere in the world, it's kind of a surprise to me that more of us don't 
work remotely or that more of us don't work from home and why this option isn't available from more of a top-down perspective. Maybe this will be a great shift for us after the coronavirus has passed, that move to create more mobility and flexibility of the where and the how we work. You know, if you look back, gosh, it wasn't that long ago. Even if you look back 50 years ago, women in the work field, it wasn't it wasn't super prevalent. You know, a hundred years ago, it it almost didn't exist, except unless you were in the war. But generally speaking, the way that our lives were structured, the ways the way that this worked was that the men went to work outside the home and the women stayed to work inside the home. And you know, in the last few decades, that like that is a blip on the history of our own timeline. That is a blip. In the last few decades, we've radically changed that. And all of a sudden, we typically have two, and I always say typically, I'm so conscious of this because I, there is no one size fits all model, period. Like there's, I mean, I'm a single mom and I'm saying typically we have two parents who work outside the home. I'm a single mom. I am the parent who works outside the home and inside the home, frankly. But you know, typically what life looks like for the, for a lot of people who live certainly in North America is that both parents are working and we've actually created lives that, you know, demand bigger houses and better cars and more lifestyle, more luxury. The lifestyle we've created has started to demand that we have two people working outside the home, which means our costs of, of childcare go radically up, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, our lives are changing and work hasn't really evolved as quickly as you think that it might to accommodate that. In that same group coaching program, I remember having this conversation that, you know, like, why are we all struggling with how to create balance and blend? Well, because we're, we're, we're in the years of raising our family and building our career, and we're not supposed to be doing both at the same time. That's not an anti-feminist thing for me to say. It's, it's kind of truth. We're not supposed to be doing this both, but we've created the world in which we do do both, and we still have even if we still have two parents uh, or two people who have kids who are both working outside the home, it tends to be the mom who's carrying the lion's share of the work with not only emotional labor, but of raising the family. And I speak at a lot of women's retreats, a lot of conferences geared towards women, you know, transformational workshops geared towards women. Specifically, they tend to be geared towards women with, with children. And almost always, I ask the audience to show me a group of men sitting around in a similar room who are talking about how to balance it all, how to manage it all, how to be a dad and a worker or an entrepreneur at the same time. It doesn't exist. And if, I'm, if it does exist, prove me wrong. But like to, to the best of my knowledge, it doesn't exist. More often than not, the work of raising the family still falls to the woman as she is also expected to raise her business or build her brand at the same time. And it's a lot. So it's no, there's no doubt. There's no wonder that we can leave ourselves being like, oh my God, how do I do this? How do I balance this all out? Especially when you get back to this snow globe scenario of, you know, the world just changed overnight. And just like a snow globe, when you shake it all up, now you just kind of wait for the little bits of dust to fall and settle where they may so that we can kind of pick up and carry on in a new, in a new regime. 
So when we're talking about balance and we're talking about the technology that we have access to that really can, and as we're seeing right now, is enabling us to create a totally different style of work in which we are all working from home all around the world. Um, Yes, we have this tech that enables this possibility, but it's also a paradox, you know, as everything is, this is a paradox. And the flip side of this paradox is that the very tech, the very technology that sets us free from having to go to a physical location is the very same tech that can almost enslave us. If you don't believe me by using that dramatic word of enslaving us, I dare you to go and look at how much time you've spent on Instagram alone. Look up the stats on your phone to see how much screen time you've had and then try to magnify it or like um, apply the same principles to how much time you spend on your laptop or in front of your television or your Fitbit or your Apple Watch. Like we are inundated with screens and we've become so reliant on our screens and our technology that it can feel almost crippling to not have access to them when we don't have access to them. So again, this technology sets us free and it also almost holds us captive to use it ad nauseum, like without end, ad infinitum, I guess it is, without end. We are very complex creatures and we need to be certain that we are emotionally aware enough to check in with ourselves about what it is we really need and also what is really needed from us or what is needed of us. And to do so in a way that allows us the space to feel like we can breathe. So today, I have broken this down into my top three ways to create the right blend and balance in your life right now, as wonky as it might be, but to do so right now. Those three things are to establish a routine, define your boundaries, and create time for yourself. So here we go. Establish a routine. Our lives at any given moment are pulling us in many different directions at once. Having some semblance of a routine in place will act like an anchor or as a touchstone to help navigate us through even the most uncertain of times. Things like getting up at a regular time, making your bed, creating space to meditate or move. Maybe that's a workout or maybe it's a walk. Maybe it's just lying in your bed and going through a grateful heart practice of all the things in your life you are so grateful you have right now. Whatever it is, creating that time first thing when you wake up. Having breakfast, settling into the day and doing it all at the same time. Each of these things helps establish a very grounded pace and tone for our day every day. The great thing is that everyone in your family can be a part of this. If you have pets, you already know this to be true. Pets don't care what is happening outside in the world around us. They know they want to get up and eat and go for a walk, right? Or if you are my cats, they want to get up, cuddle, bite your feet, and then, and then, and then uh, be fed. Animals already understand this and spoiler alert, humans are animals. So when we keep tapping back into that like primal nature we all have, we can start to really see we crave this. We crave routine. We crave consistency. So if your external world is not currently allowing for routine and consistency and some kind of constant, it's your job 
to create it, to feel good inside again, to really create that peaceful inner world that so many of us are striving to create right now. And again, it's not just you who needs this. Um, Everybody in your family can be a part of this. Our kids thrive on routine. They crave it. They crave the comforting predictability that routine brings, and so do adults. Even if you have to adapt your routine slightly as you go, I promise you are going to feel far more settled and a lot more grounded if you're working off of some kind of daily structure that guides you if you feel untethered. This is not to say that you're micromanaging your own day and that things have to start at 9 o'clock and end at 10.30 sharp. This is more creating the parameters of, like, here's the flow of my day. The routine and the structure, kind of ironically, creates a flow for your day so that you, your kids, your pets, whatever, whomever, can get a semblance of flow and ease and movement of the day so that things feel like they're happening purposefully and for a reason and that they're flowing into the next logical thing. It gives us a a deep feeling of safety and security to know what to expect. I think we've all kind of been hit in the face recently with this like what exactly it means to have a fear of the unknown and what exactly it means to feel like we don't have any control, create that control, create something to be known. When you create that for yourself, oh, magically, when you actually start to honor your needs as a human, magically things start to feel better. So do that. Um, Remember at the same time, that balance is a moving target. So, you know, I always joke that if you have kids, um, when they're really little, it's so funny, you know, like I remember my babies being six weeks old and being like, well, they sleep through the night. I don't know what everybody is talking about. It's not that hard. And then bam, like as soon as you think you have it figured out, it changes. Like everything just changes. That's a great lesson from parenting and from child rearing that we can pull that, you know, just when you think you've mastered it, um, it changes again and you have to adapt again. Change really is the only constant. And our lives very much are like that. You know, just when we think like, this is it. I think I've really got to figure it out. It's all in flow. It's like the screenwriters are yelling like plot twist and we all have to adapt once again. That is the way that it is. When you make peace with that, when you accept that, your life will start to flow even easier because you, uh, you know, you get very Zen and Buddhist about it. You can start to detach from uh, the what and from the outcome. And you can start to really go with the flow and be like, all right, well, I had these plans. Yes, they've changed. Yes, I've had to pivot. Yes, I've had to adapt. And look at me. I'm still thriving. I still feel good. I still feel happy. I still feel joy. You really start to master the art of surrender and flow without being attached to the outcome. So when you can keep at the forefront of your mind that balance is a moving target, You can appreciate that what works really well this week or this month or this year, whatever, may very well need to be wiggled around and adapted to accommodate the reality that nothing is finite. Everything is fleeting. And we're always in flux and flow. Remember, change is the only constant. So start to build your routine, establish your routine, knowing that absolutely it's going to have to adapt and evolve as you do. And that that's okay. Number two, define your boundaries. Are you surprised to hear me talk about boundaries? No, I bet you're not because I could talk about boundaries all day long. They are one of the foundational, foundational elements 
to creating our inner peace and to creating healthy, lasting relationships. And yet, very, very few of us possess the the emotional intelligence and emotional awareness and the skill set that comes with each of those um, to really create those boundaries in our lives. Boundaries are what serve us best. Healthy, loving boundaries are what serve us best. If we're talking about finding balance and blend in our lives, it is crucial that we are also talking about boundaries. Boundaries are effectively the invisible lines that we draw around ourselves to protect our inner world. Things like communicating what we will and will not accept behaviorally from others, how much we can give, how much we can receive, how much of that balance of each that makes us feel like there's a good, solid energy exchange, not like we're just being drained all the time. Or, you know, that might mean like the soul-sucking experience or that we're not feeling emotionally or financially drained. We have to create an energy exchange that is balanced. Boundaries help with that. You know, we have to be clear in defining how much of our time is allocated for this or for that, allowing us to feel grounded and whole and not exhausted from over-investing in one or two areas of our life um, on their own. Right now is an excellent time to establish these, create or create these loving, healthy boundaries with your partner, with your kids, and with your work. You can use your routine and your schedule as a guide and very clearly define which chunks of your time are for whom and for what. Even if you are currently superwoman, and I suspect if you are here right now, you relate to the archetype that I'm talking about. If you are superwoman, the driven, high-achieving, high-potential, blissfully independent, strong, courageous one who can do it all and who regularly proves she can do it all, don't. I had a yoga teacher who once told me, do less than what you can do. And even now when I say it, I feel my whole physiology change. I'm like, do less than what I can do. One, that's a little bit scary. (laughs) And two, it's so freeing. When you are so driven and high functioning and just so capable and so able there is a real risk that you keep doing that over and over again because you can. And I'm here to tell you, it is unsustainable. Even if you can do it all, do less than what you can do. When you learn how to, when you commit to learning how to, setting loving, healthy boundaries that honor and align with your own values This will help protect your natural talents and your natural abilities so that you can actually show up fully in each of the roles that you play and be present. Otherwise, when you keep hitting it so hard and just doing more than what you can do because you know that is what you can do, you end up spreading yourself very thin. Tempers get short. um, Deadlines get missed. um, You know, time with your kids gets kind of pushed aside. It all starts to, or the time that you do spend with them isn't really quality time. 
we start to spread ourselves thin when we overextend ourselves. So even if your tendency is to overextend, pause, do less than what you can do, and start to define your boundaries. Some of this might mean asking for the right kind of help from the right kind of people. Some of it, some of it might mean um, just slowing down the pace and creating, you know, going back to that schedule, very clearly defining when work begins and ends and when time with your kids begins and ends, time with your partner begins and ends. You know, that kind of, kind of sounds stoic and not very sexy, um, but it might be necessary just as you learn how to very clearly define what those boundaries are look and feel like for you. Again, when you draw these lines, when you set these boundaries, it's amazing. What it actually does is preserve your natural talents and abilities, which enables you to show up fully and present in each of the roles that you play. That goes hand in hand with number three here, which is to create time for yourself. Self-care wins again, And to be clear, in case I don't say this enough, self-care is whatever you want it to be and whatever you need it to be. There is a misconception that drives me insane. This misconception that, you know, quote unquote, caring for yourself, especially as a woman, means trips to the spa, long lunches with your friends and bubble baths. Maybe that's what self-care does look like for you. And if that's what you want, if that's what you need, oh my gosh, do that. There are many more of us for whom that is not self-care. And so when we read like, oh, it's self-care Sunday, we're like, I, I don't want to go get a manicure. I don't want to go get a pedicure. I don't want to sit at the spa for three hours with my friends. I don't want to do it. I am actually that kind of person. I, I don't like doing it. I like going for a massage every now and then. I like getting my nails done because it makes me feel just so beautiful but I don't call it self-care. I think it's just kind of something that needs to be done. There are so many ways to define self-care. Do not look to Instagram as, you know, the metric of success to see how you're doing and caring for yourself. There are so many more of us for whom self-care or care of self means getting some quiet time and some solitude. You know, the chance to read a book for pleasure, not for education, but for pleasure, Um, to listen to a podcast unfettered by anybody else's demands, going outside for a walk, getting out for a run, you know, going to a yoga class that you really love to go to, not because you feel like you should go to it, because you really want to go to it, eating well sitting down at the table to eat well, not standing over the sink or eating on the fly or in the car, whatever what, whatever your life finds you doing, actually creating the time to nourish yourself as a human. That is caring for yourself. Um, you know, again, doing yoga, maybe even that's doing yoga at home, but without little bodies crawling on you. <laughs> as you crawl into child's pose, being able to do that in a way that is honoring your body, um, not having your space violated by any, any other person or demand. Taking care of yourself goes hand in hand with setting healthy, loving boundaries. And it's 100% something that you will need to add into your routine. If slash when you find yourself saying, oh, I don't have time for that. Now it's just not a good time. 
you have to reframe your language and say instead, I don't prioritize that. When you start to say out loud, I don't prioritize taking care of myself. I don't prioritize getting exercise into my day. I don't prioritize eating well. I don't prioritize my need for solitude. Again, you start to feel that physiological shift. Observe how that sits in your body because it doesn't feel good. It feels kind of icky. It's very easy to boldly, I'm going to say hide. It becomes very easy to hide behind the excuse of like, I don't have time for that. It's a lot harder when you raise your own bar, your own standards and say, I don't prioritize that. When you don't prioritize it, you get that feeling and that real awareness, that emotional awareness of like, maybe I should, <laughs> maybe I should actually prioritize taking care of, of myself. Um, you know, if you, I always use this example. If you think of your car, we don't even think twice at appreciating that our car work requires gas and it requires the right kind of gas. You know, if you drive a German car, you better be filling it up with premium gas. Um, our car requires regular oil changes, windshield washer fluid top-ups. It requires this basic maintenance and we do it happily because we know that when we take care of our car, our car takes care of us and it gets us where we need to go. Your body, and not just your physical body, your emotional body, your mental body, um, all of those parts of yourself, your spiritual body, balancing and blending those together by appreciating they also require basic maintenance. That is appreciating why self-care and care of yourself is so important. It's basic maintenance of each part of yourself. And when you shift your thinking into realizing that self-care is just how you maintain yourself, it naturally becomes of higher priority and distances itself from this over-memed and frankly underwhelmed notion of cucumber slices and white wine in the bathtub. And again, if that's what brings you joy, if that's what actually does make you feel like you're caring for yourself, by all means, do that. But overarchingly, don't subscribe to the notion of what is self-care for somebody else is self-care for you. Instead, shift into the very real question of asking yourself, what would bring me more joy right now in this moment? Not like, well, going to Bali for two weeks would bring me a lot of joy. No. What would bring me more joy in this moment? And do that. Really create that for yourself. So to recap, if you want to start creating better balance and a better blend of work and life right now in your life, my top three tips are to establish a routine, define your boundaries, and create time for yourself. Balance feels so elusive because of the fluidity and constant flexibility of our lives. When you can teach yourself to appreciate that it's all relative, all of it, it becomes easier and easier to create a better feeling of balance in your life. Embedding these three concepts into your life right now will help you greatly and, and push you or empower you to truly create a feeling of being able to breathe and take it in stride like you know you can. And you know you can I know you can. You can totally do this. And now it's just time to do this. I believe in you and I know that you can too. Good luck out there.
believe in what we can do. I believe in our ability to rise the fuck up. So I am asking you right here, right now to rise up. You get to choose your response through all of this, all of it. That's completely within your control. And I hope that part of what you will do is choose to shift your mindset. I have opened up so many opportunities for people to work with me at like a a ridiculously lowered rate to make it more affordable and accessible to people in times of economic stress. I'm doing like $99 comfort calls where we just talk for an hour and I can help coach you through some stuff. We can help trace some of the roots of your anxiety and use NLP release techniques to actually release it from your person. This is so valuable for $99. You honestly can't afford not to do this because the wisdom you will gain from 60 minutes on the phone together is actually invaluable. I am offering a drop-in video chat by Zoom for 49 bucks. That is that same thing, but on a group call. So it's more of like like-minded people in our online community coming together, share space, you know, talk about what they're afraid of. I can help dispel that. We can help get um, that feeling of being held in this space by our, our peers, our global peers. It's really magical. I'm going to do that every Wednesday at noon. You just have to message me for either of those things um, to get to get in. Cause then we can talk about payment and then I can send you the, the actual link or get your phone number, whatever it is. Um, you know, this podcast is a great resource. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. Please, please, please share it with your friends so that they, and your communities too. So they have access to the same information that you have access to, which is almost like this is kind of flattening the emotional curve, right? Like the emotional wellness curve of keeping everybody feeling mentally and emotionally safe right now. You can play an active role in that. So I would like, yay, 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 be over the moon if you could just like share this information on all of your social channels. Um, if you pop over to my YouTube page, I'm going to link all this stuff in the show notes for you. But um, if you pop over to YouTube, I also have a guided meditation. I have a, um, a facilitated EFT tapping release technique. All of this stuff I am sharing, not for me. I already know how to do this. I have, I, I know how to do this. I am sharing this so I can help teach you how to do this. And in doing so, how you can help, you know, nurture your own community. This works. This takes um, what, how do I want to say this? This takes inspired action. That's what we're talking about here is taking inspired action, making the difficult choices to do maybe the things that aren't as conventional or popular and doing them anyway, because they're the right thing to do. I believe in you. I believe in us. I believe that we can rise up and I believe that moment starts right here, right now. So thank you so much for being here. Prepare for your future, but ultimately you have to live in the now. It's fascinating when you just focus on, you know, imagining what the highest version of yourself would do, and then you start to act as if you already are that person, you can watch it transform your behavior right now. We did it. (laughs) Let's go get some tacos.